Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effect on the markets. The content that will be discussed is intended for information and educational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice or investment recommendation. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you are prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now on to the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. As usual, I'm joined by the main man all the way out in Sydney, Australia, Josh Gilbert. Josh, how are you? Very good, Sam. Very good. How are you, my friend? Yeah, good, good. I mean, just before we, we came on air, we were talking about the mighty Arsenal. So I'm I'm on top of the world right now. I mean, almost top of the league. So I'm I'm pretty happy. Um, I guess you're, you're yourself slightly different emotions, but you're probably not panicking um i imagine anyway on the podcast today the three <laughs> subjects that we will be covering um yeah no look not a great start to the season for the mighty liverpool but won't write us off um but yeah i'd much <laughs> i'd much rather be in your shoes six out of six than uh two out of six at the moment but yeah anyway. well look i mean for those people that, that hate football but love markets we're going to combine the two just quickly because we, we both saw a tweet from Elon Musk this morning saying he's uh, going to buy Manchester United. It did quickly come with a tweet underneath saying, you know, I think someone replied, are you serious? And he replied, <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, but if I was to buy a club, it would be Man United because they're my team. Um, but just imagine if he did. I mean, that would be chaos, wouldn't it? Yeah, could you imagine? I mean, they probably they could sign who they want. Who they want? Be, oh, Tesla, Tesla. I could see that though. Tesla front of shirt sponsor. Yeah, for Man United. Um, yeah, it's just musk up to his old tricks again, isn't it? Um, yeah, he knows what he's doing. He knows. He just tweeted then. He just tweeted then saying, "Stand up is my side hustle." <laughs> so, like, you need a side hustle, Elon. You're the richest man in the world, my friend. Yeah, come on. That, yeah, if he doesn't believe in his his uh, his one job or his multiple jobs income, then who are we? He could be the only man that saves Man United right now as well. So they need saving. Yeah, they need saving. I mean, one thing that needs saving as well, which we'll talk about on this on this podcast, is is UK inflation. We'll Mm. also talk about uh, China. They've cut interest rates this week, Uh, and we'll also talk about the Jackson Hole Symposium. I mean, I'm sure there'll be some listeners that don't know what that is. So we're going to try and educate you all today, or educate some of you on on that as well. Absolutely. Covering three continents as well with the coverage this week. Um, I guess it's probably best, though, that we start in the in the UK and, and seeing as you're the man on the ground in the UK, Sam, um, you should probably give us a bit of insight. How was that inflation number that came out of the UK uh, this morning for those that are obviously listening? So it was Wednesday morning. Um, I also saw you yesterday that UK wages in June fell at the fastest rate for 20 years. So pretty much whatever that inflation number, it's probably not going to be great news for UK workers, I'd imagine. Yeah, that wage headline was was not good. And and yeah, for, for those that are, are listening, the UK data or the top tier data usually now comes out at 7am. It used to be half nine. And um, in my previous role, I was uh, on a trading floor and the data used to come out at 9.30. And when it got to about 9.27, 9.28, the pound would always move a certain direction quite aggressively. And you always knew if it went higher, okay, the data's going to be good. If it went lower, the data's going to be bad. And it was so obvious that the data was leaked to someone. 
Um, and then, um, yeah, I think they got so many complaints that it got moved to 7 a.m. I guess they just didn't think people would be up early enough to uh, to, to get the uh, get the run of it. Um, but yeah, the inflation number, it came out, I mean, what we now, eight, just filmed this around sort of half eight. So it came about an hour and a half ago and it was pretty ugly. I mean, we were expecting 9.8, which on itself is, is not not um, not too small, but uh, it came out at 10.1%. The core reading also beat expectations uh, of 5.9 to come in at 6.2. It's actually the 12th time in the past 16 uh, months, 16 readings that headline CPI measures have exceeded those expectations from economists so they've got something to answer for there um but as we said recently when talking about the gdp in the uk situation uh, as a whole what really is going to move markets over the next few weeks few months is what's priced in and then what actually happens you know we knew this inflation number would be big we just didn't expect it to be those expectations so <clears throat> you look i mean in truth right now the, the the market reaction has been pretty limited. Um, I'm going to be personally more interested to see what the Bank of England come on to say now. Um, I mean, look, the the release that we've just had is going to give the hawks at the Bank of England um, a, a little bit more ammo to to sort of get those rates up. And look, raising rates into recession is not what the UK household wants to see at all. And you know, I'm personally in a position where I'm I'm buying a house, and I think completion will be or buying a flat, I should say, but by completion in about two weeks. And it's, it's, you know, I think keep saying to myself, it's literally the worst time to do it, but it seems like the worst time to do it will be every month from now on. It's just going to be, you know, been a situation where it's just going to get worse and worse for those those households. And I'm going to have to start paying bills again. Um, but yeah, that, that that's going to give the Hawks what they want. I mean, looking at the report, food and non-alcoholic drinks made up the largest upward contribution. And I have to say really for the first time, in my life anyway, I'm really noticing things are getting significantly more expensive. And I'm sure many people are in the UK and also in, in you know, large populations around the world too, where inflation is, you know, at 40 year highs, like we've just seen here um, in the UK. Um, for the meantime, from an opportunity perspective, I could see why people want to remain short the pound and guilt. As we know, the UK is that stagflation poster child of the world. And this release really does increase the chances we see of maybe a harder landing. You know, in the US, there's talk that actually it's going to be more of a softer landing. In the UK, that's not really looking likely uh, at the moment. Uh, shall we talk about some silver linings if there are any? Uh, I guess the the sort of the light at the end of the inflation tunnel, you know, comes from a slowdown in the underlying pace of um, of prices growth. Early signs of easing in global oil prices obviously help as well. I mean, Brent oil is is under ninety five dollar a barrel, and remember that high was one hundred and twenty, so that helps. You know, that's down thirty five bucks from from that high. Um, so yeah, there's a couple of, of of positives, and and one thing we would say as well is just remember that re uh, relationship between the pound and the FTSE. If we have a super weak pound, it's going to benefit the FTSE, and you could see why that's benefit. You know, that's you know near its high of the year, near a multi-year high as well because of that weaker pound. But overall, Josh, it's uh, it's not looking good. Yeah, the light at the end of that inflation tunnel. It's a, it's a long, long old tunnel, that one, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> especially, yeah. especially with those readings. But yeah, I think one of the big issues that obviously you've had in the UK is, you say, food, um, obviously prices, which came through with that, and obviously energy as well. And hopefully, 
you know, we, we start to see the end of both of those really you know supply chains hopefully should really starting to to come back online i know that's the case here in australia starting to improve starting to really show um you know signs that that they are getting back to normal and and again energy prices with that the prices of oil coming back down hopefully you know we're we're over the worst of it but that's what we've hopefully seen in the us but maybe it's stickier than than we think and uh, you know that number from the uk isn't 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 a pretty reading yeah, inflation, inflation, inflation. You know, that is that's really what markets are, are focusing in on right now. I mean, one place where there isn't really inflation, I, I guess, is um, is China. Um, you know, you name another country and in the world and chances are we're talking about significant rate hikes or at least rates staying the same anyway, not going down. But with China, that's not the case. It hasn't been quite some time. You know, it's a tricky one, though. Does that spark recession fears due to a further slowdown? We know China's impact on the world. Or is it bad news is good news? And with them being more loose in their monetary policy stance in a bid to boost the market, is that actually a good thing? I mean, how, how do you see it? I think, first of all, we, we've definitely had a bit of fear from just global markets over the slowdown that we've got from China, um, as you say, given their impact, um, you know, just in terms of the world, you know, commodities etc you know it's a big deal second largest economy biggest manufacturer largest commodity importer you know so that that's why we've seen um you know a bit of fear and and also these the fall in oil prices again over the last sort of few days and and as you say you know they're in a different boat to, to everyone else um you know they at least they can cut rates i guess that's maybe yeah. one positive in that sense no one else is in that position because they only have as you say low inflation at 2.7 percent um and, and all of this is pretty much stemmed from the weak data um pretty much across the board that we had on monday um, and as you say that sort of broad economic slowdown that we did have it was retail sales industrial output and investment all slowed and, and ultimately missed uh, economist expectations um in july and and as we say that that's alarming um the covid lockdowns are clearly having an effect on the economy and that's obviously got to be addressed before they see you know more economic decline you know it, it can only keep going worse unless they address it and the difficulty is is that china's leadership has sort of ruled out large-scale stimulus and they vow to sort of continue with stringent zero policy on covid yeah. you know so that's going to mean that authorities are shutting down businesses they're locking down population when major outbreaks occur um you know and that's the case now um in the resort island of oh I don't know how I'm going to say this. The resort <laughs> island of Henan. I think I'm right. Let's I apologize if that's. I'm apologize if it's not right. Um, you know, and that's 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 then you know ultimately dimming the growth outlook for the rest of the year. And economists are downgrading um, further below four percent. So um, it, it's not looking positive. And you know, it was the bright spot um, as it reopened from COVID. Right, it it sort of came out really quickly. Um, it was reopening. We sort of thought it was the the leading sort of economy. We we looked to it for you know positivity when everyone else was sort of struggling, especially as we say with that low inflation. Then obviously, if we throw it back to what sort of the start of this year, we obviously had the Evergrande situation. We've had the regulatory issues from Beijing. Um, and now, obviously, you know, the, the COVID policy, which has obviously caused this slowdown in the economy, um, it's it's really making it a difficult area for investors to sort of really find confidence in, um, you know, especially when we go back to the commodity side of it. We had BHP report record profits yesterday, 
But at the same time, they issued a warning over the commodity outlook with iron ore stockpiles growing at ports in China and steel manufacturing down by about 6% year over year. So again, everything plays a part. You know, it's not just their economy. It's going to affect those sorts of companies as well. Um, so the bottom line is I think the economy is in a bit of trouble, that's for sure. You know, the recovery recovery from here is going to be bumpy and, and uncertain. And again, that all depends really on, on their COVID policies, of course. But for now, it seems that sort of the consensus is for growth to you know be downgraded and there will be risks along the way for for the economy. Um, you know, and as an investor looking to move into stocks, you know, Tencent, Alibaba, etc., you know, you probably wouldn't be in a rush to go and dive into these stocks at the moment, um, given sort of the outlook that's there and the regulatory issues, you know, and just pretty much everything going on in the region. Put that all together, it makes a bit of a toxic mix. And, and basically, it's not an economy you probably want to be investing in at this point in time. But having said that, we know the potential that comes from the region. Um, you know, so when we end up do sort of maybe finding that sort of bottom area, when we do start to see a bit of glimmer of hope, there really could be some opportunity there. But as I say, in the short term, it's, it's going to be very bumpy. Yeah, I think I think timing timing a low on any market is 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 real tough, isn't it? It's real tough, and you can see the advantage in those periods uh, of maybe trying to sort of dollar cost average. Of course, if you're someone who specialises in, you know, you have an edge over the market where you can tr- tr- time the market, fantastic, and you would have done very well in in US equities and so on. But if you're someone who maybe doesn't have the time, you can understand why someone would, you know, look to average in every month for every time they get paid or whatever it might be. Um, and yeah, I guess what China's one to keep an eye on, but just such a contrast to um, well, the UK, as we talked about, but the US and pretty much everywhere else in the world where rates are going up, their rates are going down. Um, yeah, really interesting one. We'll have to keep a, a close eye on. Our, our third subject for, day, for today is on Jackson Hole. I reckon quite a lot of people, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, quite a lot of people that are listening to this probably won't know a lot about it. So, Josh, you're tasked with with helping us all. What is it? When does it take place? Where does it take place? Who attends? What could be the the sort of the outcome? Why could it be important this year? And, And is there anything else that you would like to mention? Josh, the mic is yours. Fantastic. Um, so we'll start we'll start with what it is and who attends. That's probably the easiest bit. Yeah. Um, so it's a prominent conference or symposium. Have I said that right or did you say it different? Sy- symposium. Symposium. Okay. Conference or symposium event uh, where we get central bankers, we get finance ministers and it's sponsored by the Federal Reserve. Uh, effectively, just really important people, just in, in short. <laughs> we didn't um, get the invite, f- though, this year, did we? No, we well, I got one, and then I said that about <laughs> I, I got one, and then I said about you coming, and they were like, great, and then I said, oh, actually, sorry, we've got a Digest and Invest podcast to film on that date, so we can't make it. Yeah, um, our lucky listeners. And, yeah, I know, we, we stick around for them. Um, <laughs> and it focuses on important economic issues that sort of the, the world's economies face at this moment in time and basically an open discussion and that's the key point that when you read into to a lot of this is it's it's an open discussion people can speak freely um, we 
they all, all these important people by me and you can go there and talk and have these conversations so for for example in 1984 they discussed the causes of inflation 2018 they discussed sort of changing market structure and implications of monetary policy um you know that a lot was discussed then about sort of big tech and the, the monopolization of big tech etc and then this year it's going to be reassessing constraints on the economy and policy um so read into that as you will uh then on to where it takes place um and when it happens every year it's held in Jack- jackson hole wyoming um on its namesake uh interesting enough it's actually a you know a very very cold ski resort um which is a random place to have it to be honest um but maybe it's sort of amped for all of the rich central bankers to go yeah. and have their ski holidays um and then yeah this year it's it's next week on the 25th and, and 27th of, of august um so will it be important uh yes it is always important there's there's a lot of question over um again it's sponsored by the fed a lot of people say that often it shouldn't be a platform for the fed to discuss their own sort of agenda at that sort of time again it is they do have their own um uh you know subjects as you say in terms of discussing what what i said earlier the reassessing constraints on the economy and and policy but again this year we're going to have that discussion um you know it's going to be around jay powell and and i think from what i've sort of read you know having a look on bloomberg um you know a lot of the top economists that sort of attend the event you know their thought is that you know jay powell is is sort of likely to declare that Maybe he's got a victory on inflation. Maybe he's going to come out swinging. Um, but also, I think the key thing here is probably going to we're going to have some insight into the path of future rate hikes. Um, but you know, as I say, some people argue that it isn't the platform. But I think we're going to get some comments that can give us the Fed's path and their mission ultimately, and and what's going to happen sort of from here. Um, and I think in that sense, when we talk about that, maybe Jay Powell might come out and, and talk about that sort of peak inflation. I think we can really show that um, in, in the consumer and how the consumer is feeling right now in terms of sentiment in the market. We had the, obviously the consumer confidence from the University of Michigan last week. Um, that obviously was, was better than expected on, on those sort of inflation signs and that the consumers are feeling that um, inflation expectations are falling. Um but again, I guess the obvious risk here to sort of point out is that, that inflation hasn't peaked. Obviously, we discussed about the UK earlier and, and obviously the, the trouble that they're in there. Um, or, you know, even if it hasn't peaked, is, is it plateauing um, potentially at a permanently high level? Yes, we've maybe reached that top, but are we going to sort of stay around maybe 7 8%? in in the us or can can the the fed get it under control so if we go on to the other hand we've obviously got a lot of economists as well saying that the fed still have a huge fight on their hands against inflation um the message is obviously consistent with fed speakers you know charles evans mary daly etc they've all indicated recently within the last few days that inflation um you know isn't done uh, it's far from over and more monetary policy tightening is going to be needed we of course know that they've been very aggressive in that commentary given that they're not going to like this mon- uh, this this market rally because it undoes all the hard work that they have done um so sort of some of those points that they're bringing up and, and to sort of give a bit of a balance to the conversation if we're talking about say okay one hand jay powell says inflation has peaked on the other hand um you know the, the sort of the points from some sort of um 
you know, hawkish economists in, in, in that sense. Well, first, inflation, they think, is going to prove more stubborn than, again, a lot of analysts do think across the border market. So we're taking the other side of it. Um, key elements such as like housing, they're unlikely to retreat quickly. And also many believe that, again, sort of oil, uh, that supply is going to stay really tight. And, and although prices have fallen in the short term over, as you say, sort of those China recession fears, um, that ultimately it could stay higher for longer second the economy probably is more overheated than many appreciate partly that reflects stronger demand obviously the july jobs print was, was super hot um and you know that's obviously something really important to take into account thirdly and this is a key one is that a lot of people think that markets are underestimating the fed's resolve to bring inflation down um blue bloomberg economics see rates at five percent by the end of 2023 and i think that the view is that from investors and, and markets they don't want to believe that right now um and i think that that ultimately could spell that there could be a little bit more weakness in markets to come you know given that we're looking at sort of you know maybe stickier inflation something that's going to stay around for a long time to really get down to their two percent target so there's a lot to take away and a lot to listen out for from the jackson hole bottom line will we sort of get that commentary that we want from the fed i'm not sure we're going to get everything but obviously we, we don't obviously get the fed meeting this month because of it so usually they use it as a chance to um to get what they want to say across uh, but again we, we we can also get you know an update on sort of the sort of general state of the global economy and and more particularly the us at the same time so it's definitely going to be something that we should all pay attention to and, and watch out for next week yeah absolutely so now um for those that are going to to the pub or for for a drink this weekend you've got some knowledge where is jackson hole it's wyoming and you can just be like well that's where i go skiing every now and then yeah. <laughs> in, yeah. the, in the winter. throw it out there yeah <laughs> uh and we've also got double digit inflation in the uk that's like first time in over 40 years uh and another piece of information for you and uh and your mates you know everywhere's raising rates but guess where's lowering them and the answer of course would, would be china um one thing to, to mention to have a look at the calendar for for the rest of the week for those that are tuning in listening to this on wednesday you've got fomc minutes which come out later this evening um 7 p.m uk time um obviously not everyone listens to the this podcast from the uk so you'll probably have to work out the different times but yes uh that comes out to today you've actually also got us retail sales which will be worth keeping an eye on um for sure. again just for, for those sort of shorter term traders and maybe for those people that want to see the overall sort of picture of the market that's a piece of the puzzle uk retail sales are actually on friday as well uh, as is the eurozone so probably worth keeping a a close watch on that you've got australian unemployment numbers out overnight i'm having a look at got norge's bank policy announcement too uh and for those that, that look at it, the new zealand trade balance also um so you know what in, in what is a pretty quiet week there's still bits and pieces out there um for those united fans i'm sure you'll be refreshing elon musk's twitter feed trying to trying to see if he is actually serious once again but uh, on that note josh and i will love you and leave you josh it's been a pleasure as always sam thanks everyone for listening and enjoy the rest of your week take care guys have a good one you've been listening to digest and invest from etoro for more information visit etoro.com